Hi everybody, I'm Peter Jacobson, and welcome to Jake's Takes. I never thought we'd see the U.S. Open played this year because it was postponed back in June, but here we are in September getting ready for the U.S. Open Championship this week at historic Wingfoot Golf Club, one of, if not my favorite, venue for a major championship. I've said many times that Pebble Beach is my favorite golf course in the world, but when I think of playing a major championship and all things considered, the difficulty of the golf course, the challenge of the week, the the depth of the meaning of winning a major, to me, Wingfoot stands above every other venue that we could play. I've played three major championships here at Wingfoot, in 1984, I played the U.S. Open. In 1997, I played the PGA Championship. And then, at the ripe old age of 52, I was in the field in 2006 here at Wingfoot for the U.S. Open. That was the famous meltdown year when Mickelson came to the last, needed part to win, he made double. Colin Montgomery came to the last, needed a part to win, he made double. And Jim Furyk came to the last hole, needed part of win, made bogey. And Jeff Ogilvie, who made some incredible putts and some incredible up and downs the last nine holes, he went on to beat Furyk, Colin Montgomery, and Phil Mickelson by one shot to win the Open. But when I played the U.S. Open back even in 06, the golf course was long and tough, but not like it's going to play this week. In fact, if I go back to 84... And I look at the tees now that were built during the restoration by Gil Hance a couple of years ago in preparation for this U.S. Open this year. It's incredible to look at the yardage that's been added. There are some holes here that I'm not sure me at a ripe old age of 66 could get two woods to on par fours. And the one that I think about the most is The finishing holes, 16, 17, and 18. 18, I could probably reach. That's 470. I could probably get some kind of a long iron, maybe a hybrid there. But 17 is going to play 504 yards, and 16 will play 498 yards. And on the front side, I look at holes number two and number eight. Two will play 484 yards, and number eight will be 490. Now, the unique part of Wingfoot is not the length that these holes are going to play. It's the way that the, the holes are shaped. Take number eight, for example. It is a slow bending dog leg from left to right. And the fairway widths are so narrow. They're anywhere between 22 or 23 up to about 28, 29. We're back to normal U.S. Open type conditions, narrow fairways and very long rough. So these long par fours, number eight in particular, you have to create some sort of a shot off the tee. And normally, as we know in big-time PGA Tour golf today, the players love to just get up there and swing away and bang it down there as far as they can. Well, that will not work this week. The players that we know that stand up and just bomb it off the tee, if they do that and they miss the fairway, it doesn't matter what happens from there on in they're probably not going to hit the green in regulation. They're going to have some kind of a shot 
just to escape the rough, get it back in the fairway in hopes of getting it up and down for their par. I pulled a piece of grass out of the rough yesterday when I was walking around the course and it measured 12 inches long. It was a foot long piece of grass and people were joking that maybe Subway should be a sponsor with their uh, foot long. But I also joked and said it's going to cost a player a lot more than $5 for that foot long grass if they get in there and they're in contention because it could destroy your round if you have a chance to win. But the unique nature of Wingfoot Golf Club is it's built on a unspectacular piece of property, but it also gives rise to the fact that A.W. Tillinghast, back in 1923 when the club opened, did an incredible job with the design. I don't think I've seen more interesting putting surfaces on any golf course I've ever played. The golf course is fair. There are many holes that don't have any fairway bunkers. So the challenge off the tee is to put it in the fairway. Then the challenge comes putting it on the green. And these greens are so unique in nature. So many little hollows and bumps and rises and slope. There's slope, but not a, a lot of slope. There's just a ton of undulation. Now the difference between slope and undulation, a lot of the old time courses we see have slope from back to front. That's just a, a downhill grade. Undulation is when you see a lot of humps and bumps, hollows, rises, and falls, where the hole locations can hide and causes a lot of challenge to the golfer if you don't hit it close to the hole. Now you've got a really difficult putt to read that might go up and down a couple of times and maybe left and then right and then back to the left. So it makes putting really difficult and challenging. But like I said, this U.S. Open at Wingfoot is back to what we know of the USGA. It is long, it is hard, the rough is thick and unforgiving, and the greens are going to be fast. So I'm going to make a few predictions here on the few days before the competition starts. The player who wins will more than likely be over par. I just can't see anybody shooting under par this week. It As I said, it's just hard. It's difficult. The winner will also have an incredible week of scrambling because you're going to miss a lot of greens. It's it's as simple as that. So whoever wins will have a high percentage of getting it up and down around the green. Also, they won't have many three putts for the week. You're going to have a lot of 40 and 50 foot putts for birdie or par or bogey, depending on what you've got. But you're going to have a good lag putting week and you're going to minimize your three putts. I also think the winner will be leading the field, or at least close to the top of the fairways hit list. I think the bottom line is the player who wins this week will exhibit the greatest level of impatience that we're going to see all week. When you come into a U.S. Open, if you're a rookie, if you play, if you've never played in a U.S. Open before, and you expect a birdie barrage, if you expect to shoot 64s and 63s. It's just not going to happen. When we compare majors, the Masters Tournament is the most offensively-minded major we play. It's all about birdies and eagles and being aggressive. The U.S. Open is a defensive struggle. You have to minimize your mistakes. You've got to put the ball in the fairway, even if that means taking the driver out of your hand. You've got to put the ball on the green. And again, even if you've got 50 or 60 feet 
on a putt for birdie. You've got to lag it up, get your par, and get out. Pars never hurt you in a U.S. Open, even on a reachable par five that a majority of the field is making birdie. Pars never hurt. So you've got to show a level of patience. You've got to show a level of persistence. The winner of this Open will make bogeys, and they might even make a few doubles, but it's how you respond to those over par holes and those situations which will determine your outcome. After looking at the field and knowing all these great players that are going to be competing, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, John Rahm, Rory, Colin Morikawa, Bryson DeChambeau, Ricky Fowler, looking at all these players and knowing what it's going to take to win. It's going to take, obviously, a high level of confidence. It's going to take putting the ball in the fairway. It's going to take a good short game. My pick, and this may surprise a lot of you, my pick going into the week is the young man from England named Matthew Fitzpatrick. He's played on a Ryder Cup team. He's kind of under the radar. He's quiet. He looks like he's about 15 years old, but after looking at everybody from top to bottom, the guy, the guy jumps out at me as having the combination of ability and patience and persistence and just a, a calmness that's needed at the U.S. Open. Look at Jeff Ogilvie back in 06. He's kind of the same type player. Davis Love back in 97 when he won the PGA Championship here and to me, I'm, I'm going to keep my eye on Matthew Fitzpatrick. Um, that probably means he's now, because I picked him, he's going to miss the cut. I hope not. I hope he's in contention because I really think he's going to win. So it's going to be an interesting week. I'm excited to be on the broadcast team this week for NBC. And we start tomorrow, and it's going to be a great finish on Sunday. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's Jake's Takes podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Peter Jacobson. These have been my takes. What are yours?